0: Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Bus,
1: and I'm Sharon Bus. Welcome to today's podcast. We have been meditating about the things that we can't do without God and what God can't do without us. It's really a question of what can we do or can we do nothing? We can do nothing without Him. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about how Paul is saying, he's talking about love, that agape love, that God kind of love, that is the kind of love that looks at what the person loved needs and provides it. It's that God kind of love, like God God saw, he had so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He saw that we needed a savior, so he gave his only begotten son. That's the kind of love that Paul is talking about in the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses two and three says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity or that agape love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity or agape love, it profits me nothing. Do you want to read it in the Passion Translation, Philip?
0: Yes. Verse 2. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, Without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value.
1: So what we do, if we don't do it out of a motive of God's kind of love, it really has no value. We're we're doing nothing. We can be busy, 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 busy. And even being busy in the things of God, even be, being busy about working for God. But mm-hmm. if we don't have the right motives, or if we're not operating in obedience to God, then it's of no value. It, it it's, it's worth nothing.
0: Yeah. And it's through relationship yes. that we get the focus of what we're supposed to do. Because you know, we sit with the Lord and just meditate on Him and get His download on things. Yeah. How, Lord, how do you want to do it? Instead of thinking... How am I going to do this?
1: Yeah. What it's, can I do to serve God? And you come up with your own ideas yeah, instead s- of his.
0: Instead of God's perspective on things, we kinda we want to put our own. Yeah. And it's always easy to ask somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Or we go seeking for someone that can give us a word or or something that can kinda lead in the right direction. Yeah, I've got to hear from God. Let
1: me find a prophet.
0: You know, let me let me go <laughs> to a conference, you know, which yeah. is good. Good to go to a conference, but if you're if you're conference hopping, just there, to this one, to that one, just to hear a word, it's not going to profit you very much because you have to hear from the Lord yourself too. Yeah. It's confirmation.
1: The, right. It's, it's not like you don't hear anything from God in a conference, but it should be something that the Holy Spirit speaks into your spirit and you get it by your spirit. You know, there's so much that we do that we're doing out of the soul realm, out of the mind realm, out of the emotional realm. You know, we get all stirred up in our emotions. And, and then when it's over, we go back to the same old, same old. And we can't afford to do that. That's not what God is is looking for these days. He's not looking these days. It's any days. It's always been this way that, you know, we've, we are living in a fallen world with a fallen nature and a fallen mindset. And the only way to get that up to where it's supposed to be Is by communing with God, by getting His Spirit, and by getting into His Word, so that we know how He thinks. If you only are just waiting on God and hearing hearing voices, you know you might could hear the wrong voice, uh, because there are those spirits out there that are trying to imitate. But you have to take authority and say, I refuse in the name of Jesus Christ to hear any voice that would imitate the voice of the Lord to me. Mm. But as you're learning how to hear the voice of the Lord, it needs to line up with his word. So You have to be studying his word. You have to be learning how he thinks based on what he has said in his word. But the thing that, that um, I'm reminded of in looking at this, you know, what happens at the end? when when we stand before god when it's when it's all over after we have done our thing on the earth you know we've been sent here with an assignment we've all been sent with an assignment from god he breathed us into being he he's the one who put that spark in between our father's sperm and our mother's egg that spark of life that spark of light that that is conception where life begins where God puts it there and don't think for one second that you're an accident there's no such thing as an accident there's no such thing I know I know that there are circumstances that, are contrary even to the word of God, but God still has a purpose in every life that He has sent here and yeah. and He's He's got a purpose for everyone. And He's written a book about us. Each one of us has a book written. It says in, in the book of Psalms that, that all of my my members are written in your book. Yes. And you you knew me before you as as you knit me together in my mother's womb, you knew me. And and Jeremiah was called as a prophet before he was even in his mother's womb he was called and so it starts at the beginning and we we have this opportunity throughout our lifetime to make choices make choices make choices and at the end according to first corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 through 15 paul is talking about what it's going to be like at the end and i like the passion translation version of it where paul is saying god has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation Afterward, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders, beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the foundation. Then it goes on in verse 12 to say, The quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent whether it has been built with gold, silver, and costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw. Their work will soon become evident, for the day will make it clear. This is the judgment day. Because it will be revealed by blazing fire. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Yet he himself will barely escape destruction like one being rescued out of a burning house. So if we're building with things like wood, hay, and stubble, as the King James says, or, the, or uh, wood, hay, and straw, these things are, are the, the kind of things that we get into our heads or we get into our emotions that didn't really come from God. But we're building with them because we think maybe it's the right thing to do. But if, if we, out of our communion with God... Mm-hmm. If we're accomplishing something out of our communion with him, then it's going to show up at the end. It's going to pass through the fire as gold and silver and precious stones and we'll we'll have great reward
0: maybe you could tell that illustration that uh, one of our Bible teachers used June Lewis and yes When she'd go to the nations and she'd have like a flannel graph, and she was an artist, yeah, and she portrayed this man on Judgment Day before the throne. And all his works, it was just smoldering ashes.
1: Yeah, yeah. She w- she would draw it like a man holding a bowl, or no, I guess the angel was holding a bowl yeah, with the, the man's works works the bowl. in it. Yeah, and and the fire would come, and and whatever whatever that person built with, it, you know, whatever's left is their reward. And you know, some people are just they're. They're just going to be saved and they're going to have a, a plain white garment that doesn't have anything on it except, I mean, it's the robe of righteousness that Jesus gave us. But there'll be no rewards because nothing was accomplished, even though that person was given a job to do. Because mm-hmm. it, it says in, in Revelation that that when we stand before the, the, the throne of God, the books will be opened. Well, yeah. the first book that has to be opened is the book of life. Is your name written? in the book of life? Is your name written as one that has been redeemed by the Lamb of God? Yeah. And if it's there, then you're also going to have the, you know, the book of your uh, that, that God wrote for you of your assignment. And, you know, when you when you're doing your assignment, that's when you're really happy. That's when mm-hmm. you're really feeling like this is what I was born to do. Uh, but if you're not doing your assignment, it, you know, you're not going to quite be feeling fulfilled. And then there's the the books that are recording all of your thoughts, all of your words, and all of your actions.
0: Yeah, and also that, that scripture is in Daniel 7, verse mm-hmm. 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. This is the King James. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened.
1: Yeah, that's what it's like. The books will be opened, all of the books. The books of what we could be, what we could have been, and the books of what we did. Yeah. And what we said, and what we thought. And of course, we're really grateful for the blood of Jesus yes. that blots out the things out of our books that we shouldn't have done, that we've repented of, and that and they're blotted out. But what happens if all you have written in your books is blank pages? Because all of the sins were blotted out, but you never did anything with your life. Hmm. You did nothing. Are you going to do nothing? What did Jesus say as he was meeting with his disciples on the last the last night before he was betrayed. He said, without me, you can do nothing. That's in John 15. So Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But he had been modeling for his disciples that very thing. He said uh, in, in John 5, he said, I'll, I'll read it out of the Passion Translation, John five nineteen. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth the son is not able to do anything for himself or through my own initiative. In other words, I don't start anything myself. Okay, I'm back to quoting. I only do the works that I see the father doing, for the son does the same works as his father's. And then verse 30 of the same chapter, he says, nothing I do is from my own initiative. For as I hear the judgment passed by my Father, I execute judgment, and my judgments will be perfect, because I can do nothing on my own, except to fulfill the desires of my Father who sent me. Ah, oh, can we just live that way? Jesus would spend nights in prayer with his Father, or he would get up in the middle of the night. There's, there's a place where it says he got up a great while before day to go and pray, and he would pray and, and he would spend time with his father. And I believe that his father would show him things that were gonna take place that day. And some of our some of our greatest ministers in, in church history have had that walk with God where they have spent that morning waiting on God. I remember hearing about George Mueller. And, and how he would spend his time before the day. He would get up early and he would pr- spend time in prayer. And if he knew that he had a whole lot of stuff to do that day, he would take extra time in prayer. He would take four hours in prayer before he started his day that he knew he had lots yeah. of stuff to do.
0: On our last podcast, we had uh, Michael Van Blyman. And he has a tremendous... Testimony on in his pursuit for God, and he was working sixty hours a week, and you know, raising a family of kids, and and trying to find quiet time with the Lord, and he finally realized that the only time he's going to get quiet time it's in the middle of the night, and that's that's a hard thing for many. You know, if you have to get up in the night, you want to go right back to bed, but that's where he found the Lord, and so he persevered. And it took him a couple of months, I think, just getting up, spending that time. And then he had an appointment with God. Yeah. And the power of God just came on him, changed his life, revolutionized his life, but he persevered. That's the point. That's you know, the point because we have all these things we can you know, we we can study all these books and all these things, but it's having that relationship with the Lord, that closeness, and and sometimes we have to do it when nobody else is around or when yeah. we're, you know, find your own, um, he used his chair, I think is what he called it, his prayer chair. And that was his place and his study or wherever he could just get quiet with the Lord in the middle of the night. And now he just has has visions all the time and just has relationship with the Lord. But he persevered. So he paid a real price for that. It's true. And so we're, we're ourselves trying to do that now. We're getting up in the Getting up in the night as the Lord gets us up and persevere because, you know, we've been in the ministry for 39 years now for me, and there's something greater. There's always something greater. There always
1: will be something
0: greater. But you have to pay that price to go higher. Mm -hmm. It's not how many years you're involved in something. It's how you hear the voice of the Lord while you're in it.
1: That's right. It's right. You, you don't have to wait until you've been doing it for 39 or 40 years or more. You, you you start now because now is the time. And and we have to understand that without Jesus we can do nothing. Just like without his father Jesus could do nothing. Yeah. It's this relationship is all it's what it's all about. It's it's operating in sync with heaven. You know, we we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means we're bilocating, okay? This isn't a New Age principle. This is a God principle. We are in two places at once now. We are seated in heavenly places. Yes. Our problem is that our heads are so full of the world that we're not, most of us are not In sync with heaven and that's why it's so important to be praying in the spirit that's why it's so important to be reading the word that's why it's so important to be walking in in communion with God and practicing his presence all the time because without him we can do do nothing nothing. and without it just like Jesus said without my father I can do nothing Ah. but then there's this beautiful scripture in Amos that God says surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And yeah. and the Young's Literal Translation says it this way, for the Lord Jehovah does nothing except he has revealed his counsel unto mm. his servants, the prophets. And and so there's a there's a synergy with heaven, that it's not that God can't do anything without his servants, the prophets, but he chooses, he has, he has set the standard that he's not going to do anything without bringing his friends into the process. It's like, it's like when he was ready to, to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah, he reached out to Abraham, his friend, mm-hmm. knowing that Abraham, his friend, had a nephew who lived in Sodom. And he wanted to consult with Abraham about this. And, and of course, we know that Abraham was negotiating with him. Well, uh, Lord, are, are you, are you, would you really do that if you, what about the righteous that live there? He's thinking about Lot. You know, so he negotiated him down to where it was 10, 10 people. And, and if you read the scripture carefully there, you'll, you can count that as the scriptures are written, We know that there's Lot and his wife. That's two. Mm -hmm. We know that he had two unmarried daughters. That's four. We know that it refers to his sons. So there must have been at least two of them. And it refers to his married daughters and sons-in-law. And that comes up to 10. If they had been righteous, Sodom would have been spared. The problem was that, you know, his sons and his sons-in-law thought that he was nuts. And so... But but at the same time, God was merciful and gracious and pulled Lot and his wife and two unmarried daughters out yeah. to be spared, even though it was time for that judgment. But my point is, God isn't going to do anything. God is going to do nothing except he gets in sync with his people who are in sync with him. Yeah. And he's doing that with his, with his church, with his ecclesia, his, his church that has come into a place of maturity where they know how to pray and they're praying in sync with heaven and God is shifting things and he's bringing judgment on evil, which is good. When God's judgments are in the earth, then the people, people learn righteousness. righteousness Yes and that's what we need we need righteousness restored yeah. to our nation we need righteousness restored to the earth and we need for this pow- these powers of evil to be put out of business cuz yeah. cuz that for, that forever loser that's that's operating in darkness we know that we are on the verge of his complete downfall he doesn't have much time left and he's trying everything that he can to keep us from reaching our place that God has assigned for us.
0: And when we look at ourselves, we say sometimes, what can I do? Mm -hmm. what am I capable of doing? You know, we're capable of doing all things through Christ Jesus. That's right. But I want to look in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41. And, you know, Israel was going through a lot. You know, they were in captivity and And Isaiah is just one of the most amazing books of the Old Testament. You know, there's just so much in it. And and I want to read in chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you and tear and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties, Mm. strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness, rightness, and justice. Behold, all they who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who shall strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand." i am the lord who says to you fear not i will help you fear not you worm jacob you men of israel i will help you says the lord your redeemer is the holy one of israel and you look at this and he's saying of jacob you worm you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> why are you groveling on the ground like this? that's you know, right. And, and many times we're like this It's like we're groveling in the dirt and not able to get our heads above the sand and see what is really going on because we don't have our head in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus like we need to be. And so this is where Israel is. But Israel says, You worm, Jacob, you men of Israel, I will help you. Behold, verse 15, I will make you to be a new sharp threshing instrument which has teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills like chaff. And even as, you know, the Lord Jesus says, if you have faith, you can speak to this mountain and it will be moved. And, and this is not only what speaks a natural mountain, but a sp- these are spiritual mountains, mm-hmm. the mountains in your life. And, and the Lord can use us as that sharp threshing instrument to go into a situation with his word, with his anointing on your life and change the atmosphere into what is going there. You know, this uh, this honor have all his saints. That's a Psalm Psalm one forty nine. You know, this you know bind the kings with fetters and chains of iron. This honor have all his saints, those that are walking in that place, that hear the place, hear the voice of the Lord, and and do what he says to do. This is an honor that we have, but we have to step up to that. We can't just um, get up to this just being in your church service on Sunday morning and. On a Wednesday night, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a continual relationship with the Lord to to be in that place with him where we can hear his voice at all times.
1: And that's that's the place where you you can see in that same scripture that God is saying, you might see yourself as a worm, Jacob, Mm -hmm. but I will help you. In other words, without me, you can do nothing, but Mm -hmm. I will help you. Yeah. I will turn you from a, a worm into a sharp threshing instrument and thresh down mountains. Hello. Yeah.
0: Even when we say, oh, woe is me for I am undone. Right. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah. But this is what God wants to do with us. In these days, as we are facing this glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is coming, we can do nothing without him. Yeah. But with him, we can do everything. Yeah. everything, because he lives inside of us and we are in him. Mm. And so I see it kind of like, you know, when you have two posts, uh, electrical posts, and, and there's this power that arcs between them. Uh-huh. Y- you know, that that's what I'm seeing. Like I'm in between the, the two posts and it's arcing between God and God, God inside of me and God outside of me and Jesus inside of me. Jesus on the outside, Holy Spirit inside of me. Jesus on the outside, however you however you want to see it, but mm-hmm. I'm in the middle, and the arc is going, bzzz, 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 bzzz. and and you know that's the empowerment that comes when we are in sync with Him. When we all, all it takes is surrender.
0: Well, it's like like uh, the light bulb. What's in between the two little posts and the light bulb? Exactly. That little- Filament, they call that. And, mm-hmm. and that thing lights up, and that's where you get the light. But that light bulb wasn't created overnight. How many tries did Edison do before mm, Something he like created 10,000. one that worked? And so so don't give up. you know? Right. Even right. when you think it doesn't work or you're not working, you know. Persevere. Persevere, yes. Stick to it because it's
1: time for you to arise and shine for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon upon you. You. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Are we not seeing that? Absolutely, there's gross
0: darkness. We've never seen like what we've seen now.
1: Yeah, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. We were made to be carriers of his glory. Yes. But without him, we can do nothing. Mm -hmm. But with him,
0: We can do everything. Absolutely. And anything he says to.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. That reminds me of when Polly Wigglesworth passed away. Yes. And then Smith, you know, he had the word of faith, and he called her back, and she said, Smith, what did you do that for? (laughs) You know, it's like, I can't go on without you, you know, and there's this conversation going on, and he finally released her. But look what happened with this man. Yeah, you know, he. Yeah, he was a plumber before that. He was a plumber. But she
1: was the minister. Uh huh. And she and she died when she was out in ministry, and and so when they brought her body back, he raised her up and said, "I can't
0: do this without you." Yes, you can. And we don't know how long she was gone for. No, but God brought her back, and and then God raised him up because yeah. it was his time, and he had tremendous miracles of healing. Some of them are a little different than the way we would pray for people (laughs) today. But but he had astounding miracles of God. It was powerful. But he connected with God. And I I remember someone came to visit. I forget who that was. And they had a newspaper. Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall. And he says, don't you come in that house with that thing. With that,
1: with that devil paper.
0: <laughs> Fake news. devil. <laughs> 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 he wouldn't allow that in his house.
1: And he read his Bible every 20 minutes. Yeah. That's how he became a man of faith and power. Yeah. Because it's he was powerful. connected with the one without whom we can do nothing.
0: And we can do that now with all the technology we have. You just... Download on your phone, you know, whatever yeah. translation you want, and you can just listen to the word while you do anything. It's true. We it's have to true. Take full advantage of it.
1: Absolutely. Because it's time. Yes. It's time for us to arise and shine our light is come. Jesus Christ is come and he's coming in power in a greater way. All the time, it's going to get greater and greater and greater. And he wants to empower us. He wants to empower you. He wants to bring you into a new place in him where you understand your own weakness, but you understand his strength inside of you, because without him, you can can do do nothing. do nothing. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss.
0: And I'm Philip Buss.
1: God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.